The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WHIO and Cox Media Group. This hour is sponsored by There is a Season. This is WHIO's Brian Kilmeade. Hi, everybody. Dayton is our number one priority. You know that. And as news breaks, we'll break in anytime. Dayton's all news and talk is 1290-957-WHIO. There is a season Welcome to There is a Season, the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf, And I'm Gloria Shanahan. Thank you for joining us again today. So what did you do for activity during the COVID-19 lockdown? For work, for play, to pass the time with others or by yourself? How did you spend your days? Or perhaps how are you still spending your days while socially distancing and following the rules of your local health experts and authorities? At one time, many of our families filled their leisure hours with activities such as all kinds of hobbies, board games, puzzles, crossword puzzles, reading, drawing, spring cleaning, (laughs) and other around-the-house activities. All might have been typical things to do to pass the time. But in this age, lockdowns or not, it is the flickering light that attracts we moths. <laughs> we moths, we, we insects. We've talked about it many, many times over the years on this program, highlighting the changes in our behavior that have come as a result of the internet and the various platforms where the internet became available. Think about it now, we've had a generation or more uh, becoming very fluent and very facile with using the internet. For many years, TV had still been the dominant medium that consumed our leisure time, especially, you know, after we got home from work and so forth. Then for a while, we rented or purchased videos. You remember Blockbuster? Oh, yes. I still see a few standing buildings that say (laughs) Blockbuster that are dark. And kids are, (laughs) Mommy, Daddy, what's that? Uh, You know, we had the whole VHS beta debate way back when and so forth. Well, now it's all about surfing and social media and emails and a ton of other work and leisure activity. We're never without our devices. And that means lots and lots of screen time and a majority of it occurring on the phone. It's also Netflix, Prime Video, and a sea of programming available through Roku or Apple TV or many other platforms available. Uh In the late 90s, Netflix used to rent DVDs as its main business. What's that? (laughs) (laughs) Over 20 years later, it's moved beyond just providing movies to becoming a significant content creator on its own. It currently has over 185 million U.S. subscribers. That's quite a lot. Sure is. Amazon Prime Video was an outgrowth of Amazon, of course, which nearly everyone knows about or has used in our culture. We're talking about a huge percentage of the population overall, you know? Yeah. Well, those are just two of the major players, Netflix and Amazon Prime, that fill up our screens nowadays, along with YouTube and Hulu and Disney Plus and all these things. And, and as Gloria said, on Roku, Apple TV, and a lot of other devices, too many to list. And you can access this content on your TV, computer, iPad, smartphone. It's all around us and always with us if we want. It's the dream of what people used to think you know, years ago. Uh, how can we get our content out to the masses? Well, now it's everywhere. 
So as we've discussed media habits on this program before, we've gone so far as to caution about digital addiction. And we've even used phrases such as the heads down nation to describe some of our physiological, psychological, and social impacts that technology has brought to our lives. You can find some of those programs out on our website at thereisaseasonshow.com. So today we're going to focus just a little bit narrower on an area of our media behavior by exploring some of the negative and some of the positive effects of video games. Now we're just coming off of one of the most explosive periods of growth in the video gaming industry with the multi-platform game, you ready? Drum roll. Fortnite. Oh gosh, everywhere. Having zoomed to over a quarter billion players worldwide in 2019. Famous online players such as Tyler, otherwise known as Ninja Blevins, counts well over 20 million regular YouTube subscribers, plus millions more who watch him play the game through streaming services such as Twitch. I got a Twitch just reading that. Yeah, Bob. yeah, I just... Uh, it's a well, lot of I, subscribers. And I've been meaning to tell you that that little camera over there, Yeah, we're now streaming to over a bajillion people. A bajillion? Wow. I guess I should have fixed my hair. Well, I should have worn pants. <laughs> okay. Too much information. <laughs> you make sure you stay right there, Bob. Seat pulled in, <laughs> legs, everything else under the desk. <laughs> Don't worry. It's, it's all tucked away. Everything's <laughs> tucked away here. Now then, you know, we're talking about huge audiences here. And just to give you a sense of what we're talking about, even when we said recent period, the Fortnite boom really started 2017, 18 into 19. And as we may get to later on, that's not even among the top games these days. Not in the top 20, I don't think. No, yeah. it's it, which is stunning how fast things change. It is. So here we do have some more information, though, about this, this whole run-up on the video gaming industry. What are some of the stats on well, that? Well, one of the stats that was staggering to me, at least, was that 64% of the general U.S. population, Bob, are gamers. I'm not that, in that, that 64%, just so everyone knows. I'm yeah. not a gamer, but... And I don't know if that includes every last game on your phone or whatever. We didn't do the dive on that, but that is a huge... Again, an enormous percentage. It sure is. Now, the average male gamer supposedly is 33 years old. So that means we've got some people that are in a demographic obviously above 33 who are gamers, yeah. you know, maybe in their 50s and 60s, and obviously then much younger as well. Now, the average female gamer is 37 years old. Yeah, and, and, and you know, there's uh, some of the averages that you read from these industry uh, or trade associations uh, websites or magazines that talk about number of minutes played, we both were scoffing at, right? Because they were hey. talking about, you know, uh, 44 minutes playing t uh, playing games on an average weekend and so forth. Or, I mean, well, weekdays and 81 yeah, minutes oh, on eight, weekends. That's right, right. For that 15 to 19 age group. Yeah. I'm it, sorry, but I think they're lying <laughs> so they're not in trouble with their parents because yes. I think they're playing way longer than right. 44 or I, 81 minutes on it, the weekend. Was that a self-reporting statistic? It must you know? have been. <laughs> uh, because, uh, yes, as we can attest, the, the hours roll by. And yeah. I imagine it would be uh, in, in a lot of families that, that way. Of course, we'd love to know your feedback on this. If you're a gamer or if you have gamers in the house, why don't you drop us an email at bobandgloria at thereisaseasonshow.com and you can give us a, your own estimate about how much time is dedicated to uh, video games and how old the people are in your house. Uh, so um, some would say, Gloria, that our term of digital addiction 
has an enormous bias already baked in, as it were, that, you know, there are researchers and perhaps a, a host like the two of us who have helped drive the perception that our culture's use of digital media, and particularly gaming, has moved from casual practice and hobby to a harmful activity or uh, to an addiction. So, you know, we've done a lot of shows like that in the past where we've talked about digital addiction or the Heads Down Nation and, and the yeah. fact that, you know, we, we tend to view within our context, within what we talk about in this show, that people are spending too much time. They're addicted to these devices. Yeah, I, I don't think that... I think we're in a huge camp there with people thinking that we're all spending too much time on digital media. I don't think we're going to get too many hate letters in saying that <laughs> or don't. saying that we think that. I think that most people, if they're honest, would agree. We yeah. spend a lot of time. And there are negative effects of it, in my opinion. Yeah. For and, all of us. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think people would say, regardless of what... You know, and we will share some of the research here, but regardless of what, you know, people at universities may, may do or, or researchers or even the industry may do with reporting statistics and so forth, I think we could also generally say a lot of us probably sense we spend a heck of a lot of time, you yeah. know, using this material. And too much would be the would be the uh, Yeah, the and, and this is just, we're really talking about video gaming here today, mostly, right? So just think of then all the other things that someone of any age is doing on a device. So what are some of the general negative effects that, that, that people talk about when they when they talk about video gaming? Well, um, one of the most obvious things are noticeable changes in behavior. Get out of town. Of, you know, people who are... Are you saying people are irritable? Just because they play video once in a while? Yeah. Just because I... Oh, no. Bob, are you... Are you No, I'm not guilty? a gamer. No, oh, okay. I'm, so I'm enough... just irritable anyway. <laughs> you said it, not I. Um, so ignoring or not prioritizing your responsibilities or other interests over game time. Those are two big ones. Um, another one would be continuing to play games despite knowing the negative impact that it may have. That would be what I would call somewhat of an addiction issue. And, and that it, can't those stop, impacts could basically. be anything. It could be you, you have people in the family who can't communicate with you. That could be one negative impact, and it doesn't matter to you. Right. Could be it's cutting into your you know your sleep. Uh, it changes School your work. sleep patterns. Schoolwork. You're late for work. Right. Uh, you're maybe irritable at work, and yet you keep playing anyway. Right. Um, some other uh, negative effects would be difficulty sleeping or changes in sleep patterns declining grades or difficulty in school and playing video games, believe it or not, Bob can lead to social isolation. Um, and obviously, okay. Poor time management skills, which were kind of already indicated in some of the other negative effects. Well, I, I think a lot of people probably figure, you know, who are playing the games that, Oh no, I've got great time management skills within the game. Look at me, you know, manage all these things second by second, but relative to the rest of a lifetime, uh, perhaps not. Now we mentioned some of the popular games, and we were surprised uh, as we as we looked into this. We were going through some of the stats. Um, the The popular games of just yesterday of yore <laughs> from 2017-18-19 that included um, Fortnite at the top of the list. Well, a lot of that is you know out the window. I mean, the, right. the, uh, I'm, I'm just trying to dig through here. Some of the, the yeah. Stats so that we had Fortnite is not in the top five, nor is it in the top 10. And I don't even think it made the list, Bob, of the top 20. 
Now, one game that tends to hold its own and has for many, many years is Call of Duty, um, Modern Warfare, Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, I was heard there's 14, I think versions. 14 versions of, of Call of Duty or, Un- or iterations. Yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, um, Minecraft has been popular for many, many years. Um Grand Theft Audio, uh, Auto is one that came out years ago. Had a lot of bad press because there was a lot of nasty stuff in it. And uh, I suppose everybody becomes somewhat jaded about that. Yeah, FIFA is really popular. And that one is um, in the top part of the uh, the list as well. Yeah, so so this, you know, if, if any of our stuff sounds dated by, you know, by the time we finish this show, it could be dated, right? There could be 100 million downloads of some new game we don't know about. Well, you know, by the time we're you're finished. part about we not that we don't know about. Yes, for sure. <laughs> they just these uh, gamers tend to go through them like you know. So I mean, parents, you know, have been concerned about this, but you know, why should they care? Well, a lot of parents believe that their kids are safe online if if they don't have social media, so they're not hanging out, uh, you know, on, on Snapchat and and Twitter and Facebook. Does any kids still use Facebook? Well, we don't. Know I about don't that. think so. My son tells me that that's for old. Old people. He but does but tell if, me they're, that. if they're Older. playing video at all, they're still at risk. And you may think you're aware of your child's gameplay, but if you're if they're wearing a headset and playing multiplayer, they have all kinds of people coming and going. Yes, they truly uh, are a million miles away. Just try to there. get their attention, and you'll know that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're we're just just uh, uncapping the uh, the start of this um, this whole thing about the negative effects. We we got more later on. Uh, we're going to share uh, some other specific information relative to the last couple of months here during the COVID-19 crisis. And as music to your gamers' ears, we'll also talk about the positive effects of video gaming. There's much more ahead. Please stay with us. You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to There is a Season. I'm Bob Wolf. And I'm Gloria Shanahan. And today we're talking about the phenomenon that has long kept kids from playing out in the yard or tossing a ball in the street. You never see it anymore. No, because they're playing video games. What are some of the negative, and to be fair, positive effects of these games? And uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that list of negatives. We have it here, and we'll, we'll discuss that. But we were fumbling a little bit trying to remember all of the popular games that have displaced Fortnite. And some of these may uh, ring a bell. We mentioned Call, the Call of Duty franchise. Also, um, Final Fantasy VII. Seven. It's a remake, and it comes in at number one as of April 2020. Resident Evil. Um, MLB, the show, that's become real popular because of all of the canceled baseball games and so forth. Yeah, a big one that a lot of people are playing on the Nintendo platform is Animal Crossing, New Horizons. There's Star Wars games on here. There's Mario Kart farther down the list. Some of these names may ring a bell for, for people who understand those franchises. Mortal Kombat. Um, and of course, like we joked, I mean, this, this list will change, you know, in 90 days and somebody else will come out with something. And it is amazing. One of the stats I think we came across was how many people own the multiple platforms. They own PlayStation. They own Nintendo Switch. They own the Xbox. Yeah. They own playing off a PC for these games. And sometimes they they play in different you know environments. So we could do a whole show just on the cost of these things. 
but these shows are very popular in these platforms and of course there's lots of revenue opportunities for the companies within them oh yes because when you play you can buy all these outfits that your character wears and it just you know can uh, really escalate in cost so as we were going through some of the negative effects of video games, we came across some interesting quotes, and one of them came from the Daily Herald, and it said, We don't need research to see the negative impact of gaming in some people's lives. Many of us see it in our families, where young kids might isolate themselves at the expense of almost everything else that life has to offer. Gaming by design, like social media, preys on some of the same thinking that we see in young people with substance abuse disorder. And those would be fatalism, impulsivity, and the desire for instant gratification, and much more so than in the past. Other publications have cited uh, how there's the potential for bullying or abuse, even within the video games. And sometimes I could, I could you know, vouch for this. I've sometimes heard the language get a little spicy and a little loud. And if you have a player who's not as good as somebody else, they can sometimes start getting uh, picked on. But it could turn even nastier than that. And also, there's excessive time being spent on a lot of these games. Yes, and also, Bob, criminals are making virtual connections with children through gaming and social media platforms. And one popular site actually warns visitors, please be careful. In 2018, uh, the World Health Organization, which of course has uh, not had the best PR of late, uh, <laughs> unless you're uh, in China, um, they named it a gaming disorder as a mental health condition, the inter internal uh, classification of diseases is the foundation for identifying health trends and statistics worldwide. And in their latest edition, um, it was again recognized as a formal disorder. So, you know, there's some major organizations out there. And, and what that just simply tells me is that there's an awful lot of people who are looking at this as not all good. There's a lot of problematic uh, behavior, including impaired control over gaming, Right. Increased priority, as we said before, to get given to gaming to the extent that it takes precedence over other life interests and all daily activities and continuation or escalation of gaming, despite the occurrence of negative consequences. So does any of this sound familiar to you? Do you see short temper, too much time, other responsibilities not being uh, managed? These are some of the negatives that people have pointed out about video games. When we return we may touch back on that momentarily, but we're going to turn the topic positive. What can be gained by playing video games? With all this activity and all this money and millions of hours spent in front of the screen, are there actually some benefits to this modern-day form of entertainment and socialization? We'll have that and more right after the news. You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to There is a Season, the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf, And I'm Gloria Shanahan. We've been talking about video gaming today, its role and the explosive growth in our culture, and particularly during the recent COVID-19 pandemic, as well as some of the negative and positive effects of this activity known as gaming. 
we did have a stat there. We were talking about how many uh, new games. There was like 164 million people or something purchased one of these platforms, I think, in the month of April. It set some new record. Oh, or... oh 160. Oh, the percentage that everything went up during yeah, COVID yeah. was unbelievable. Video game sales increased by 73% in April, setting new records for the month. Just one month. Right. But also on the hardware front, which would be the consoles, you know, the things you yeah, have to have to yeah. play. Are you ready for this? It increased by 163% to $420 million in April, making it the highest ever total for an April that has been tracked in history of video gaming. Right. So, it, it, you know, I mean, already this was a very large and rapidly growing industry, a high replacement. People would spend millions one year right. and then the next year then people are spending millions more. And then COVID just basically put that on steroids. Right. And if you want to know what it was, it was the Nintendo Switch. And the previous record was set. Ready? For the, um, when, in 2009, the previous record was for the Nintendo Wii. So Nintendo here is making some Guinness World Book of Records uh, or something. Unbelievable. That's 11 years ago. Already. I know. I know. Oh my. We still have one with dust on it, I believe, somewhere <laughs> in our house. Oh, the we didn't get used that much. We to... bowled and we yes. did a little fitness stuff. You have to move into a retirement community to make the use of the Wii because... I doubt they're playing Grand Theft Auto. I but, like but the Wii. But who knows? I like the Wii. When we saw the stats of how old you know the average was. I think they're doing Wii mostly. Mate, we ought to ask. Good. I know they are, actually. Okay. Write us again at Bob and Gloria at thereisaseasonshow.com. We'd love to know if your, uh, your senior that you love is playing Grand Theft Auto. We would, yes. Okay, so... Um, so now we... we're going to talk a little bit about the positive effects Yes. of video games and there are some believe it or not so i know it's hard to wrap your head around such a fact after years of listening to don't sit too close to the tv you'll ruin your eyes or stop wasting your time playing video games go outside but, or go blind doing that right <laughs> but there's real research from credible sources that has shown that a lot of what makes video games fun can also be good for your health both for the brain and for the body now one of the main things that people talk about is you know, what actually happens to the brain, what goes on um, with various parts of the brain as you're playing these games. And right. there are impacts from the video games. The prefrontal, prefrontal cortex is a part of the brain responsible for decision-making, social behavior, personality, and cognitive planning. And it makes sense then that this area of the brain is affected by playing video games. Uh, a lot of times because these video games require gamers to plan ahead and contemplate how to use and interact with objects in a virtual world. So the other area of the brain um, is the right hippocampus. Is that how you say it? Hippoc hippocampus. Hippocampus. Let's go with that. Okay. It plays an important role in how we process and consolidate information, including short-term and long-term memory. Scientists saw growth here too, caused by players using this part of their brain to navigate specifically Super Mario. Which, again, is one of those, it's, it's, it's kind of quaint to, to hear it, right? But um, I, I don't know if that was in the list of the top it was. 20. Oh, okay, mm -hmm. that Mario. was. Oh, yeah. Mario Kart, yeah, that's yeah. right. The cerebellum is also affected. It's the part of the brain that controls fine motor skills or muscular activity. If you know somebody using a joystick oh, and so forth, it's unbelievable. their fingers and their wrists and all that kind of thing, yeah. there's probably some kind of repetitive motion disorder, I guess, that comes from that too. But that's a negative. Never mind. We're talking positive. <laughs> Uh, it's no surprise that when researchers have studied gamers with regard to what's happened to the cerebellum, um, it's no surprise that part of this brain grew in its capability. 
This, this part of the brain helps quickly access and assess situations and works with helping people respond to what's happening around them. In this case, using a gamepad to move Mario, for instance, at a moment's notice or to press the jump button at just the right time. You can even see this in very little kids. And uh, those people who are older who are still playing this still have a certain amount of reflex yeah, you know, that's that's impressive that's, to watch right. people play. And this for stuff. the parent out there that's complaining how much time their kid is spending, right? Um, the results were really more pronounced in those gamers who truly did invest themselves in the gaming and had a strong desire to beat the game or figure out difficulties at a certain level. So the positives, it's a really just touchy subject here with positives and negatives. I oh, think. Well, people are probably you know cursing us at this point. Saying, at this I can't, point of the you know, show, yeah, get my right. kid out of the house. I don't want them listening <laughs> to this stuff anymore. Right. Right. So, you know, there, there are, if, if you go back and you think about things even before some of the, the, the joysticks and the rapid fire, shoot this, shoot that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, even brain games, you know, introduced in the early 2000s, uh, focused on having logic um, and other kinds of uh, relationships um, within the game that, that tested how our brains would work and whether or not they were measuring the cerebellum or the prefrontal cortex. Um just a few minutes a day, it used to be argued, can train your brain using video games. And in some cases, these games will even make you smarter, according to researchers. And while that second point of that statement, Bob, is still being debated, what's not being questioned is that brain games aren't a complete waste of time. They're not. Because really, anything that engages your brain and makes you think is good practice. And there are a ton of brain games online and more um, available for even your gaming platform of choice. So not just the, you know, racing or the sports. So other brain game benefits include helping players get better with repeated tasks. And they also provide mental stimulation, something that doctors do highly recommend, especially for older adults and the elderly, which is where that we comes in. Right. Now, a lot of these games certainly don't market to an older population. Um, the we does. But one of the, yeah, the, the we does. Yeah. Because it's got a combination of, of mental activity, and but movement. also physical activity. Yeah. But yeah. You, in a way, you'd kind of think that's an enormous audience if people really went after that. They wouldn't necessarily drive this, um, perhaps. Well, maybe they would. I was going to say, would the older population drive some of the innovation that goes on in these games, the storylines, the types of tools and so forth, or would they simply, you know, do their best just to keep up with I think playing? some of the more traditional storylines or types of things on the Wii are um, definitely inviting to the senior population. You know, the bowling. I yeah. think that that's kind the, of cool. Oh, certainly that stuff, right. Yeah. But not necessarily the single that. shooter games of, of destroying this and that. Well, Who no. knows? Let's maybe they'll write us again, Bob sure, and Gloria. There's a season show. I just sure hope that I don't see that in the headlines someday. You know, seniors yeah. are firing away at each other. Seniors become more violent or something like that. Researchers will also say that games can teach problem solving and strategy, and this makes them valuable games, particularly for kids and for teens. For instance, Minecraft offers a number of educational benefits, like teaching kids how to use objects to explore environments and solve problems. Other games like Civilization and SimCity teach problem solving on a more global level. Yeah, so um, the game also teaches resource management and planning on a basic level. We're referring here to SimCity. And it does a nice job of explaining these concepts to younger gamer gamers. Learning and developing these types of strategies can be directly applicable to life as well. 
Now, lastly, an indirect benefit is the fact that several video games are based on real historical events and can encourage kids to find out more about the world that came before them through research and reading. Now, you were talking earlier about uh, exercising your body. And, and while I'm not so sure that a lot of teenagers care all that much about this, we joked before about how you don't see kids outside playing anymore. Um, it would be a really interesting thing, and it probably will get there if somebody takes either a virtual reality, you know, headsets or some other means to allow even young people to start moving more when they're playing these games. Well, and, and we know? does do that. You know, you have the little device in your hand, everything is up on the screen, and as you move your arm. Right, but that's we. Right, that's you mean other platforms. Yeah, we might be, you know, bowling a ball or golfing or something like that. But I'm talking about the single shooter games which could potentially have somebody in a room acting out whatever oh the role my. is. And therefore, they could sell that as an advantage for exercise for young people. I Yeah, I guess that that's possible. <laughs> Just listen for that crash in the basement. As you're, you know, there, was a, there was a movie that they did that. Who's the guy who plays Bean? Oh, um, Roger, I, um, I don't know his name. But uh, the, the British Bean. actor. Yeah. And in one of his uh, uh, Johnny Legend movies or something, he puts on a virtual reality thing and he starts walking out of the room where he is and he gets into some incredible scene out in the street, crashing into things and knocking people down. It is kind of funny to think, you know, what could possibly be around the corner. Right. So uh, we talk about exercise. Uh, we Fit is a big thing. There's been a resurgence. Uh, in the last several years of, of that. Uh -huh. uh, there's a lot of uh, games that, you know, are built around dancing. Yeah, Dance Dance Revolution. You can, you know, get up there we and We should dance. have some music playing right now. Yep. And, you know, um, it's fun for young children to get together in groups. And I know girls like to do the Dance Dance Revolution. And, um, you know, you get a big group of even adults in a room and play some type of Wii game together. It is really fun. A lot of laughing. And a lot of these exercise games get players uh, up and moving uh, helping with circulation, joint flexibility, coordination, and balance. And again, now, we're, you know, there aren't enough of those games, in my opinion, that, that are focused on younger people. And we've talked about increases in obesity and a lot of young people who are, are overweight because they're not playing as many activities. They're sitting down in front of a screen in, in a dark room. Right. Uh, but for those who have used these, the technology makes it easier to use the games, to track progress, um, you know, work through repetitions and so forth. Whether they could actually... Um, you know, make these social, you know, the exercise games would, would remain to be seen. Because I think that's a big component for a lot of the young people. When, when we, we used to say, well, how do you hang out, right? Our parents worried about, you know, where are my kids? Are they hanging out? Are they, are they out drinking? Are they out partying? Are they out with people? Are they in a car someplace? A lot of times today, kids hang out, what? On a headset. Yeah, like, and that's older kids, like you're talking about. But so in the younger set, I remember as a little girl, we would play school in my basement, you know, pretend yeah. somebody was yeah. a teacher. Um, we got into a little bit of trouble, I think, when we would play doctor. Um, there you go. <laughs> you know, there that's you where go. you learn a lot of your biology 101. Biology, right. <laughs> but, you know, lemonade stands. On our next or... <laughs> show, <laughs> Gloria's Confessions. <laughs> It just popped into my head for no... Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, let's move on here. <laughs> so, I mean, should we play as much as possible? Should, are video games, you know, d does the positive outweigh the negative? It's hard to say. I mean, I think a lot of people might be frustrated with the amount of time that people are spending in front of a screen versus uh, anything else. And 
I think that's one of the big issues. And also some of the attitude things that they see change, particularly in young people. They're, they're difficult to work with or they can be frustrated or short-tempered or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, staying up all night's not good every single night. No, not good. Not the best thing for your health, but there are some good things on many levels. Yeah. And we'll have more to talk about this here as we wrap up right after this break. You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to There is a Season. I'm Bob. And I'm Gloria. We've been talking about video games today and uh, some of the positives and uh, negatives. Of course, the kids just stop listening after they hear positives, right? right that's it's like, right. It's like the word maybe is a positive. Well, it's never a negative. For have a you ever had it where your kid actually answers you while they're playing video games and then they say later or like a few minutes later, they'll come downstairs or, you know, upstairs and go, so what, what did you just say? They didn't hear a word. Right, right. You know? Well, uh, j just so um, we have a little bit of reference stuff here, if you want to dig deeper into this, there's some tremendous stats in an article uh, put out by the WePC.com. That's WePC.com about 2020 video game industry statistics and trends. Also, another one is GameDaily.biz, and that is the report about uh, video gaming during the COVID um, pandemic, how it kind of increased and what was going on there. And if you want to kick around the positives and the negatives of this, uh, the negatives, you can find a great article at SmartSocial.com, and there's there's many other articles, probably more on the yeah. negative than the positive. Yeah, to be fair, there and, probably are. And a positive article here was one from... Yeah, IDTech.com. That's I-D-T-E-C-H.com. And uh, that basically says, yes, video games are good for your mind and body. Now watch somebody take that quote out of context and keep playing it for their parents. Like your teenager or my teenager. Yeah, they would uh, never young do that. child, right? Anyway, right. there's plenty out there to uh, stir the debate. Now, we've got some interesting shows coming your way here uh, shortly. Uh, one will be, we will continue to be talking about the COVID-19 pandemic. And we'll go back and look at some of the major uh, issues, including what happened with authority. Were there abuses in the authority? How did it affect our, our freedom? Uh, what did it do in terms of our relationships to the people that we elect to lead us here? And what is the psychology of some of the people uh, that we um, call our neighbors and friends and family here with regard to crisis and conflict? Uh, that's a big topic. And we're also going to um, discuss the George Floyd um, uh, death in Minneapolis and the dynamics with our police and, um, you know, people who try to keep peace in our nation and, and see right. what's going We've on had, with, you know, we have the, the Black Lives and, Matter movement yeah. uh, for a reason. Is there a real concern about uh, police abuse? And you see these things and, and you know, there's always another side to the story and all that kind of thing. But it was hard not watching this recent yeah. thing. And what, and what comes from all of that, you know, in addition to people being mad about what happened, you know, we've got all this major looting of retail businesses that had nothing to do with the, the actual right. incident. Right. So Which goes back a long time. All. That seems to be a pattern. Yes. Anytime there has been a crisis or something involving race, a lot of times, what you know, one of the outcomes is that people decide to go after have anarchy. Right? Yeah, right. So we've got a lot more coming your way. Also, please check out our website, thereisaseasonshow.com, and you can write to us there through our handy in touch contact form or by 
Bob and Gloria at thereisaseasonshow.com. Throw us a letter or, you know, just get on and see what's out there. Say hello. That'll do it for us today. Remember, dear friends, seek grace in every step and never regret growing older. It is a privilege denied to many. We're here for each other and we're here for you. For my dear friend and co-host Gloria Shanahan, our terrific producers and everyone who makes the show possible, thank you for your time, attention, and interest to what we do here. We'll see you again soon. You've been listening to There's a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Have a blessed week. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.